0: What's up everybody, Tara Wellman here, and the Cardinals are on their way to Cincinnati for the first time in 2018, and that means it's time to preview yet another series with an NL Central rival. Now the Reds did not get off to a good start to this season, and after the departure of Zach Cozart and the sort of reintroduction of a seemingly healthy Homer Bailey, There's a lot to talk about with this team, regardless of the record. I mean, rivalry games are rivalry games, and that is one thing that the Reds and the Cardinals will always be. James Rapine is a host of the Locked on Reds podcast. You can also hear him on ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, and he was kind enough to take some time out of his schedule today to join me to talk about the series. So James, this is the first time for the Cardinals and the Reds to see each other in 2018. And before we talk specifically about this series, let's sort of start from the beginning with the Reds coming into this year, trying to figure out where to fit in some pieces in the process of getting back to contending in the NL Central. What were your expectations for this team coming into the season?
1: My expectations were lower than probably a lot of fans, uh, just because the Reds have a lot of question marks. I mean, there, there aren't many players i can look at or pitchers i can look at even on the in the rotation where it's like oh i know what i'm going to get from him uh there's so many question marks with this team from the manager to to the position players the middle of the infield that i thought that this was a 70 to 75 win team hopefully and and maybe it would give us some hope for 2019 um with that being said the start the reds have gotten off to is about as bad as possible (laughs) i mean from injuries to record it's just been bad starting off
0: Yeah, it has been a rough go, of course, facing a pretty decent Nationals team to kick things off. But then you've also had the chance already to see the Cubs and the Pirates, uh, seeing teams that are going to be those rivals for years to come. As you look at what you've seen from the division coming into the series with the Cardinals, what do you think about the NL Central and sort of what it's going to take to get in that mix?
1: Oh, a lot. Just because the Cubs (laughs) are as advertised, of course. Um, the Pirates. That was a series where I was hoping the the Reds would do well and kind of right the ship a bit, and that didn't happen. And then you you combine that with obviously the Cardinals are usually in the hunt every single year. Uh, the the Milwaukee Brewers certainly going after it this off season. And the Central's one of the best divisions. And the Reds, it feels like the rebuild. And I don't want to you know speak or over over exaggerate ten games. Feels like this rebuild might not be ending next season like I had hoped. So. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's it gets easier as far as the division goes and, and the Reds, but play better starting tonight. Maybe you know moving forward. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one if the, if you're really the Pirates or the Reds. I think it's a tough uphill battle to climb.
0: No one likes to have to talk about a rebuild, but inevitably it happens to every team at some point. Now the Cardinals yeah. and the Reds obviously have a long history. Not a lot of love lost between particularly the fan bases, I would say, at, at times over that history. But one thing that I think Cardinals fans and Reds fans can uh, sort of relate on this year in particular is the challenges that their managers present. And this idea that I think Mike Matheny and, and Brian Pena are both sort of on, or Brian Price rather, are on that list of, of managers that are sort of pushing their limits as far as how much can go wrong before their jobs are on the line.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. I think Brian Price's seat is about as hot as it can get 10 games into a season right now. Um, no contract for next year. The, the fan base <clears throat> excuse me, has never really accepted Brian Price as the manager just because he, he took the reins, and then they went into rebuild mode. <laughs> so we've only watched Brian Price lose and lose and lose and lose. So I don't really see a path, especially after this 2-8 and eight start, where he is managing the team next year unless things just completely turn around and they win 80-something games, which doesn't seem likely at all. So, yeah, he seems like a, a guy kind of walking on thin ice. Will it be mid-year? Will it be the end of the year? I'm not sure. It's hard for me to envision a scenario where Brian Price is the manager this time on next season.
0: I was going to ask, is there anything that could happen other than <laughs> a complete 180 and, and the Reds win the division to be something that would save his job?
1: I think the, the thing that really isn't talked about much that could maybe save it is the fact that maybe Barry Larkin doesn't want the job right now. If, if they fall flat on their face and, and the Reds feel like, ah, eh, should we get a guy in here that is good, not going to be set up for success? We've already lost a plan with Brian. Maybe keep him around for another year. They've signed him to a one-year contract before. So I think that could be something that they would consider if they felt like they were still multiple years away and not wanting to bring in a guy just to lose in, in year one of his tenure. That being said, I don't know if fans, and, and I think managers are overvalued anyway. Managers can only do so much. But with that said, I don't, I don't know if fans are going to like seeing Brian Price here next year. So it's, it's a long shot for me to, to see, without crazy success, Price being the manager.
0: It's interesting to see how much what the fan base thinks plays into a decision like that for the ownership because similarly Cardinals fans are are, are pretty tired of some of the same Seemingly managerial mistakes happening over and over again, whether it's bullpen management or or some other part of the in-game strategy or just the communication with the players and fans are restless. And when the fans are the ones that buy the tickets, ownership starts to pay attention at some point to uh, a restless fan base. Now, It is difficult for any manager when injuries play a part, and there have been some significant injuries. Um, I I would say, I want to talk about pitching a little bit, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's fair to say that this is not what the pitching staff was supposed to look like for the Reds, at least to start the year.
1: Correct, yeah. I mean, they were supposed to have Brandon Finnegan up, for sure. Uh, um, They were supposed to have, and they have gotten pretty good pitching from Homer. Uh, but for the most part, is it is where it's supposed to be outside of Finnegan, uh, and they had to start Cody Reed, Reed in his place the other day, and that didn't go well. Um, but it is there, and that's why that's why my expectations were so low for this team is because Homer Bailey, history of injuries, he's finally healthy this year. Three starts in has had two quality starts, so that's good. Um, but there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of uncertainty. Health can Brandon Finnegan ever return? to what he was in 2016 he missed most of last year essentially all of last year can homer bailey dial it all the way back to 2013 i mean so far yes but we're three strike uh three starts in for him so injuries have played such a huge role and anthony discafani you mentioned injuries he was supposed to be in the starting five not in the rotation because of a, a strained oblique that plagued him last year he was injury riddled in 2016 now he's going through it again So, yeah, it it seems like even though Homer has stayed healthy, Finnegan appears to be close to starting again. You add Discofani in there, you wonder how long it'll be until Homer suffers an injury. There's plenty of injury concerns, and that's part of the Brian Price era. I mean, he's dealt with one, one one-and-a-half arms tied behind his back the whole time. But with that said, at some point you need results. Uh, At some point the organization needs results, and they haven't gotten them so far. Health has played a, a factor for sure.
0: When you look at that many circumstances where there is that health concern, is there depth within the Reds organization that you can see coming that maybe is a a light at the end of the tunnel, even if it's not this season, that sort of gives you hope of what could be there eventually?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think there are a lot of starting pitchers that have potential potential. And some of them are still in AAA. Some of them are might be in the bullpen. You're looking. I'm talking about like a, an Amir Garrett, for example. I think he could start for them, and, and I think he could potentially perform well. Uh, he started last year, got off to a, a really good start before kind of tailing it out or, or, or trending downward a bit, and then getting injured. But that's the key word is injuries. Um, but yeah, they're Hunter Green is the guy that most Reds fans would talk about. He's 19 years old. He's their top prospect. He pitched in Single A. He's great, has great potential. He's years away from coming up. I mean, he might not be up this season for sure. Next season, probably not, maybe at the end of the year. we might be talking about three years away. So Hunter Green isn't coming through that door. So a, a lot of the guys that fans might not know about need to perform, whether they're in AAA or whether they're in the majors for the first time this year, because the, the big names, the big prospects, especially in the rotation – they're not going to be here for a while.
0: Talking about the rotation, looking at the probable pitchers for this series with the Cardinals, the Cardinals will send out Michael Waka in the first game against Sal Romano. It'll be Luke Weaver, who has probably been the Cardinals' best pitcher outside of Carlos Martinez against uh, Tyler Maley in the second game. Miles Miklas, uh scheduled to face Cody Reed, you mentioned, up in, in place of Finnegan in that spot in the rotation. Uh, that's who yep. they have listed as probable. We'll see what happens when we get there. Um, and then it should be Carlos Martinez and Homer Bailey in the series finale, which could be interesting because, as you mentioned, Bailey coming off of a very strong start in his last outing. What was it that seemed, was it just a matter of finally being healthy for, for Homer Bailey?
1: I think so. I mean, it, a lot of fans here and a lot of media members look at the, the money Homer Bailey got in 2013, $100 million contract, and since then, especially fans, have soured on Homer Bailey. With that being said, he's worth that money if he stays healthy. He's just been injured every single year since he signed it. Um, So, yeah, is he talented enough? Absolutely. He has two no-hitters in his career. I mean, he's a guy that – and he took a no-hitter yesterday into the uh, five and a a third innings, into the sixth inning. He was no-hit ball. So, Homer Bailey has the talent. I was worried. I was a little concerned how much of that talent has – gone away gone by the wayside since he's been injured for the better part of four seasons but it it appears like it's there it appears like it was just a matter of getting healthy getting the reps he had a rough spring and that's just it was his first spring really healthy in a long time so it's one of those things where i think bailey if he can stay healthy can be a, a top three starter on a pretty good team and, and that hopefully will be the Reds' next season because I don't think they're going to be really good that this year. Even though Reds fans hate that I'm that honest about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes the truth hurts, <laughs> and it's sometimes you, know, you got to get there before you can uh, move on to the to the excitement to come. But f- the last thing about Bailey that I want to ask because the Cardinals um, have had some starting pitchers that have had injury-riddled seasons in the their recent history. And you're right, when they come back, you always sort of wonder, are they going to have it, whatever that thing was that made them special before? So when you see a good outing like that from Bailey in his last start, do you remember what it was for him that made him so special to begin with?
1: Yeah, uh, that's tough. It's You were reminded yesterday, look, it's, it's one of those things, and on opening day, actually, that's when it flashed for me. On, on opening day, he pitched six innings. Uh, was really solid, and Price left him in, and it was in the, the sixth inning. There was two outs, a couple runners on, and he w- had just gotten over 100 pitches. You could tell he was gassed. They didn't have anyone up in the bullpen. They wanted him to get through the, the sixth inning, and he just found a way. I, he, I think he got a strikeout. There was one out. He got a strikeout and then got a ground out. and the game could have went Way in the wrong direction, and they, they ended up losing on opening day. But it wasn't really Homer's fault at all. Only gave up one run, and, and it's the ability to find a way to get a runner out or, or, or to get a batter out, excuse me, when it seems like he's rattled or it seems like they're going to get to him. I mean, the, the no hitters—that—that that, those are the things we cherish the most about Homer Bailey. And there were times where it was like, ah, he's he's a little wobbly. He just walked a guy or something like that, and he found a way. So. I think that that speaks to him being a veteran and also on this team showing these young guys how to do it when it's when you're gassed, you're completely exhausted, and you're just hoping to make the one pitch to get out of the inning. He showed the ability to do that, and I, I think that that was maybe his best quality. And I know it sounds really simple, but it's not <laughs> his best quality earlier and certainly has been so far this year.
0: It's definitely a skill that I don't know – that everyone can develop. I mean, there's a lot of young talent in this game, but they can't all figure out how to make that one little adjustment to uh, to avoid a disaster of an inning. So that's definitely not something to take lightly if uh, if Homer Bailey is healthy enough to do that again. Now, let's talk a little bit about the bullpen. Uh, a lot of teams rely very heavily on their bullpens at this point in the season. Maybe starters aren't quite as stretched out as they will be later on. And I think there's sort of a trend in that direction in baseball anyway. Again, the injuries may have shifted some roles for the Reds in the bullpen, but what, where does that stack up, and who has kind of stepped in to take, in, take on some of those key roles out of the, the relief role for this team?
1: Yeah, the bullpen's been rough, and <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting it to be rough, but it's been rough. Uh, they, they signed the biggest mistake maybe the Reds have made in years is they signed Giovanni Gallardo, uh, $750,000 guaranteed like 10 days ago, and he's pitched a, a couple times. And he just gets drilled multiple times. And now he was designated for assignment yesterday. Uh, so they just threw out seven hundred and fifty grand. i will take that, by the way, Red. I want to keep giving away. Um, so that was clearly their biggest mistake. And they were trying to strengthen the bullpen. And I get it. Didn't work out for them. Um, they, they added Jared Hughes this offseason. He's a guy that certainly he got some work yesterday. He'll continue to be in that probably sixth, seventh inning role, depending on who starts and, and how, they hang, uh, how they hold up. Amir Garrett's a guy who, to me, let, let's say Homer Bailey pitches three or four innings, or Sal Romano struggles against the Cardinals, he's a guy that could come in and give them three innings if they need it, uh, because he he was a starter for a lot of the spring. I think in an ideal world, he would be starting at some point soon, maybe instead of Cody Reed. Hopefully, the Reds are listening. Um, but but overall, I, I think he's their long man. The the biggest thing, and I've talked about this multiple times on the radio the past couple of days. Brian Price, his decision to not put in Rasiel Iglesias, who's their best player in the coming out of the bullpen, their best pitcher, they were down two to one yesterday. They didn't put him in. Instead, they put in a kid who they had just called up, Taylor Rainey, in uh, the place of Giovanni Gallardo, and he gives up a grand slam. <laughs> so it, it's instead of relying on the young guys, I think Brian Price needs to rely on really good players that he has there aren't many I mean I I get it the joy butters of the world are far and few between but Rasiel Iglesias out of the bullpen that's the guy if I'm an opponent that I'm hoping Brian Price leaves shelved because I think he's one of the better closers in the game
0: So let's talk about Joey Votto and this offense for a minute, because he's a a premier player in this game, trying to find the right pieces to put around him this season has been another part of that process, just trying to find guys to step in, whether it's Scooter Jeanette or it's, you know, somebody else that comes in around him. What is it going to take for Joey Votto to get going to the the typical Joey Votto rate himself, um, as well as sort of putting the right pieces around him?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the right pieces and I think, honestly, I think he in my, my lineup, because you know, my lineup has to be right. I would hit Joey Votto second. Uh, Just to to me, your leadoff guy, Jesse Winker usually is going to be the guy that you lead off with putting Votto second instant guys who can get on base right away. Um, He struggled a little bit to start the year, but I've seen it before. We've, we've seen it. There, There hasn't been really any mention of Joey Votto struggles here locally Because we know Joey's the definition of consistency. He'll figure it out. And it'll be great, you know. He
0: always is.
1: (laughs) To me, I would do surrounding him with Winker ahead of him. He gets on base a lot. Instead of Billy Hamilton, as Billy Hamilton let off multiple seasons in the past. Um, Then put Votto second instead of third. So there's not another guy in between Winker and Votto. And then they have a lot of power hitters. They have a lot of guys that can come in and give you a home run or give you uh, a double off the wall, things like that. So why not put those guys three through six? That's just how I look at it. Now, obviously, Brian Price is hitting Votto third. Uh, it's not a huge difference. Uh, it's one that I, I think would make a big difference or could make a big difference for the Reds. But overall, I think we're seeing the the evolution because a lot of people weren't worried about the Reds hitting. But Adam Duvall struggling out of the gate. Joey Votto struggling by his standards out of the gate. Jose Peraza stepping in at shortstop for Zach Cozart. That hasn't worked. <laughs> it hasn't worked at all. So this team not hitting at the clip it did last year. Bullpen struggling some. I'd say the, the starters are a little better. But overall, I think the one thing coming into this year that everyone was hoping for is that the hitters being as good as they were last year. And that was a high bar. And, and early on this year, they haven't. And, and so, yeah, it starts with Joey Votto. But I'm hoping someone hits around him. So teams can't just pitch where they want, and if, if he walks, he walks. Because when you throw at Joey Votto, he's usually going to make you pay. He's really he's one of the best hitters in the game.
0: Yeah, we're, we uh, in Cardinals land are all very familiar <laughs> with uh, Joey Votto as one of the best hitters <laughs> in the game. Um, but he is, and it's, it's amazing when you see someone that's that consistent. The Cardinals have played this lineup shuffle with Matt Carpenter the last couple of years in a similar way because he's the kind of player that can be the spark plug. He can jumpstart their offense uh, in so many different ways, but he doesn't have that consistency. He can get on base at a really high clip, but he's not necessarily going to be the, the team's best hitter in the way that Joey Votto is. So having someone like that is absolutely Crucial to having any sort of consistent offense. But it is a challenge when uh, even if Joey Votto is going at the rate he should be and will be at some point this season, I am sure, um, you, he can't do it himself. So there, there's got to be somebody around him uh, that can sort of fill in those holes. And uh, that is a, that's a challenge when you start moving pieces. I mean, you mentioned Zach Cozart not being there. Um, you start moving some of those guys around that have been there for a long time, and all of a sudden you have to – Reimagine what that lineup looks like, so that is that is a struggle. When you look at this series with the Reds and the Cardinals, like I said, longstanding history between these two teams. What do you look at coming into a rivalry series like this? Throw the records out the window. That all becomes mildly irrelevant when you're looking at any sort of rivalry series. When you see the Cardinals coming to town, what are you wanting to see out of the Reds?
1: Uh, competitiveness. I mean, look the Cardinals beat up on the Reds when the Reds were good. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the reality of it here in Cincinnati. It's like, well, damn, the Cardinals are coming into town. They're going to lose two out of three to to St. Louis at least. So uh, yeah, I look at this series. I need the Reds to flash. They haven't flashed yet this year. I mean, they're two and eight as we record this. They might be two and nine going into the series. So uh, we'll see how, how it balances out in my mind though, the, the, Consistent, especially if Cody Reed is pitching. Consistency from the starting pitcher, the pitchers, because the bullpen has struggled more so than than we thought it would. So I think that if the, the starters can get to at least six innings, Sal Romano's done that relatively well. Uh, Tyler Malley's okay. Uh, Cody Reed's the guy I worry about the most, and obviously we've talked about Homer Bailey. If they can give the Reds six, and then the bats can get going at some point, because that's part of it as well. The, the bullpen has been handed... You know, one-run leads, but it's one-nothing. Or the bullpen's been handed a a two-to-one deficit, and they need to keep it there. The bats need to get going as well. I'm just hoping the Reds snap out of a funk and get a few Ws. I mean, that's two and eight start, man. It's rough. I mean, they've lost their starting third baseman. Uh, They they are dealing with injuries right now. Obviously, Giovanni Gallardo didn't work out. I don't know if you could make a worse picture through ten games for the Reds. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things get going.
0: Yeah, I have to say that Gallardo pickup was definitely a bit of a head scratcher for me from an outside perspective as well. Seeing that, so to to see that it didn't work out, um, I, I feel like it's one of those sort of moves that the Cardinals have made in recent years where you go, yeah, I don't know how you thought that was going to be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, even even locally, the mo- the <laughs> moment they made it, we were like, why? Like, why did they? It just didn't make sense, and clearly it didn't work.
0: Well, I guess you uh, you can't come up with some miracle move all the time, hopefully. Uh, that doesn't come back to haunt them too much. But, James, thanks so much for your time today. I know you have uh, a busy schedule ahead of you. The Cardinals and the Reds will see a lot of each other this year. So hopefully this is uh, the first of a few chats this season and maybe things will get a little bit more exciting this weekend for both teams coming off of uh, a little bit of a rough week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. Hey, tell me one thing about the Cardinals I need to know before I uh, before I talk about them.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Well, the Cardinals uh, have been... A bit of a roller coaster to start the year. And they have a, a potentially potent lineup, really one through eight, if everyone is sort of playing their part. The problem is the offense has played their part every now and then, Um, and then they they just kind of take a few days off in between. So the Cardinals are coming off of a couple of extra inning affairs with the Brewers this week. Um, They have some strength in the bullpen, but there's still some roles being sorted out. Of course, they just brought in Greg Holland to be the closer. His debut did not go well uh, in one of those extra inning games. When you walk in the eventual game-winning run, it's not a, not a great way to make an introduction. So hopefully he gets going for the Cardinals. Um, as I mentioned, Matt Carpenter hitting in the three spot this year. It's a bit of a point of contention for fans trying to figure out where they think he should be hitting. Um, but regardless of where he is in the lineup, he needs to just hit. That would solve a lot of, of the problems. Yes. He, uh, <laughs> he, could, he could quiet a lot of those, those debates if he'd just hit a little more consistently. And then, of course, the big pickup, Marcelo Zuna, uh, has been fine I don't think he's been uh, extraordinary. He has yet to walk on the season, which is um, just a a little oddity that isn't really of a whole lot of concern, but he's, he's had some big moments. He's had some moments where he could have uh, really solidified himself as Um, the superstar already early on the season, and he hasn't. So uh, there have been some good things. Um, Adam Wainwright's pitching uh, today as we record this, um, and he's been really one of the other stories just because – He's not Adam Wainwright of old. He's trying to regain some of that spark. But the other pitchers that you will see in the series, uh, like I said, Luke Weaver has been spectacular. Carlos Martinez struggled in the opening day start, but has been very solid since then. Um, It's really just a matter of getting the starting pitching and the bullpen and the offense all to do good things on the same day, which has not been the case (laughs) most of the time so far this season.
1: (laughs) I hear you. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> for the past like four years, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, the Cardinals uh, made some moves this off season. I don't know that they made as many as uh, the fan base would have liked for them to. But man, having seen the Brewers twice already this season, the NL Central is going to be it's going to be a battle um, because they're yeah. trying to still figure some stuff out too. I think the Cubs are are clearly the class of the division at this point, um, but the the Brewers are another team that has a lot of potential they're just still trying to fill some holes and figure some things out as they go along so it's been an interesting couple of weeks um we've seen a lot of good moments uh the Cardinals last night won on a walk-off but um I was telling someone this morning they had about 19 chances to win before it got to the 11th inning (laughs) so it was a little bit underwhelming when they finally did win so I have no idea honestly no idea what to expect that's
1: the yeah yeah I hear you. I hear you that's hey, I, here's the thing. You, you picked the Reds to win the division though, right You said that the Cubs and all them you got the Reds winning right, it?
0: of course, yeah, that's <laughs> We'll see We'll see what happens in the NL Central. I'm sure that we'll uh revisit this conversation at some point as we go along um, and we'll uh we'll see how things go this weekend.
1: Yeah, we will. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Thanks again to James. Make sure you follow him at James Rapine on Twitter and check out the Locked on Reds podcast for more throughout the season. These are two teams that will always have a battle as they go into any series. This weekend should be no different. Also, two teams still with a lot of question marks. We'll see what questions get answered and what we're still left scratching our heads about after this one. I'm Tara Wellman and I'll see you next time.